praise God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, I will be beginning verse number 3. I'm just going to read two verses. Scripture. Acts chapter 8. Verse 3. Four. Praise God. It's good to see everyone in the house this evening. Amen. Glad you decided to show up. Had a wonderful time with my daughter and son-in-law this afternoon. I didn't get any fried chicken or any fish. Yes, I'm going to rub it in. But no, I wanted everyone else to go first. I got dibs on the next batch. Went to spend some time with her for her birthday. And uh, yes, you're on full blast. Why did you tell everybody I know? Spent time with her for her birthday. And uh, made I made some some stuffed pasta shell. She had, a couple of weeks ago she had mentioned you hadn't made that in a while. Yes, I'm telling everything. A week ago, huh? I know where I'm going. It's for you to find out. She said, Dad. You hadn't made any stuffed pasta shells in a while. So I said, okay, well, I'll make some for her birthday. So I made a big pot, invited her over. That's why I didn't, even though I stayed here for a while, try to work things through, went home to eat with her. Stuffed pasta shells, they were delicious. I'm telling you what made her a pan just for her to take home with her. Get home tonight. Get home tonight. Eat the rest of it. Even though I should probably be be eating some mahi-mahi. Some of y'all don't get that. That's dolphin fish. Y'all to catch you on later. <laughs> Carving them up and serving well. Yeah. Acts chapter 2. I'm sorry, chapter 8, verse number 3. That's what you said. Okay, sister, you were with me. All right. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church. I know I'm in between the thought, but unless you want me to read most of chapter 7, all of chapter 7, and and then begin the church, uh, chapter 8, you want me to do that, I can. So I'm going to start here, because I'm sure you don't want me to read all the rest of it. Saul made havoc of the church. The word Saul, the name Saul means axe for 
His name was derived from, or his name was, he was named Saul after, obviously, King Saul, the first king of Israel. His name was Saul because he was asked for. God looked out into all the nation of Israel. And because the people wanted a king, instead of God giving them a king, he gave them Saul, Acts 4. It's amazing how the word of God is. And God found someone who met Acts 4 and appointed that person as king. Knowing full well what would happen when they chose or when God chose that person. We pick up in the book of Acts chapter 8. We see this man Saul coming on the scene. The Bible, as we look at Acts, the book of Acts, especially as apostolics, it's our hallmark moment. It is our book. Amen. Out of any and every denomination, amen. We wave the banner of the book of Acts. And everything was going smoothly in the book of Acts. We see Jesus ascending as the book of Acts begins. We see the Holy Ghost descending in chapter 2. We see the wonderful works of God transpiring in Acts chapter 3 and 4 as God is establishing his church. And we see the church on the move inside of Jerusalem and growing, multiplying, and increasing. We see all those things. We see Stephen seeing the glimpse and the vision of the one true God. And when he looked and saw God, he called Jesus. And we see this discourse that he has about the history of Israel. And then we see Saul coming on the scene. Everything was fine up until that point. Everything was dandy. Everything was happening great for the church up until that point. When Saul stepped on the scene, we see the death of, G of Stephen. We see Stephen being stoned to death. And Saul is there approving and consenting of his death and receiving all the coats and cloaks of men. And the Bible says that Saul made havoc of the church entering into people's homes and hailing men and women and committing them into prison. Verse number four. Therefore, they, they, the Christians that were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the gospel. When God wanted the word to spread, and the people were shouting for revival. I want you to say, we want revival. We want revival. Watch out what you ask for because you just might get it. And we see when the things were transpiring in the church, from Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 7, I mean powerful things. They got asked for. They was asking for revival and they got it. But it did not come as they expected it. But God sent a man named Paul. 
and he made havoc of the church. I want to preach to you just for a few moments. We're on the move. As you look at your neighbor and clap your hand as you're being seated, we're on the move. I don't believe for one minute that it was coincidental, accidental, that God chose this man at this time, this hour. I have to believe that there were other people in Jerusalem that God could have used. I believe that there were many people that God began to call. Obviously, when you look at the book of Acts around these chapters, many people came to God. Many people were saved, some great people. If we go and look at Acts chapter 19, we see a great man called Apollos who was just as influential as Paul was. He just didn't write all the books that Paul wrote. So much so that people began to compare Apollos with Paul. I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Paul, and I'm of Cephas. And so, Apollos was mentioned with the likes and the names of Peter, meaning Cephas, and Paul, who was before time called Saul. And God could have used anyone but God chose this man who was named Acts 4. I don't believe it was coincidental as I said. I believe the people of God expected to see revival. I believe the people of God knew the will and purpose of God. As a matter of fact, when they saw God go up, it was above 500 people when they saw Jesus Christ ascending. And he made a statement. He said, hey, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me here in Jerusalem where you are. I want you to know this thing is going beyond Jerusalem. It's going to also go throughout all of Judea where the Jews dwell. And and even it's going to break the ranks of Judea. And it's going to go into a place that you despise. And it's going to go to Samaria also. And I want to let you know even further, it's going to go past Judea. Hey, it's not just about you. Hey, you're not some prized possession. Hey, there are more people that need to hear what I have. And Jesus said, hey, this thing is going to go to Judea. And it's also going to go to the Samaritans. I know you look lowly on them, but they're going to get the same thing you got. He said, hey, I want to let you know it's going to go beyond the Samaritans. It's going to even go to the Gentiles. Hey, even the Romans who are are, are oppressing you, they're going to get this thing. The Greeks who you despise, they're going to get it also. It's going to go throughout the whole world. And Jesus gave them that word and he went up in the cloud, up in smoke. And great things was happening. The Holy Ghost fell. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. St. Peter, the first pope. That's what they say. 
We're speaking in tongues. James and John. Jesus' brothers who did not even accept him as the Messiah at that time. At least while he was walking the face of the earth. They were speaking in tongues. Everybody that was up in the upper room, over 120 people, around about 120 people were speaking in tongues. And then the word went forth. There were about 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost who heard the word. And I know you know this. And they began to speak in other tongues as they were baptized in Jesus' name. And God began to add to the church daily. And then in Acts chapter 3 and 4, the Bible says the disciples began to multiply. And and then they would increase greatly. And revival was happening. But it was only limited to Jerusalem. And then it began to spread into Judea. And God said it isn't enough. The people of God said that's not enough. There was a word that went forth. There was a promise that what we are experiencing would happen and it will affect the whole world. And we have a part in that ministry. We have a part in that inheritance. And we're not satisfied because God is going to do a great work. But they were stuck in their rut and they were stuck in their place. And they could not get out of their own way. And God said, hey, you're asking for my will to be done. And you're asking for revival to happen. And you're asking for my word to come to pass. I got to give you what you're asking for. And here comes a man, Saul, on the scene. And he's making havoc of the church. He's tearing things up. This can't be the will of God. Can I tell you this this evening that things are happening around here at Antioch, the Apostolic Church, and Antioch North in, uh, in particular, and it may seem like things are in chaos, and hey man, the pastor's coming to turn things up, and, and he's making havoc of the church. You asked for revival. You asked for a move of God. You ask to be a part of something great. You ask to be a part of what God is going to do in these end days. You ask for something to happen in this city. We've been praying and praying and praying for revival in Baltimore and Anne Arundel County and in Harford County. And God is saying it's time to give you what you've been asking for. God sent this man, Saul, to make havoc of the church. He began to tear things up. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 19 that this Paul, well, I'm sorry, chapter 9, and this Paul, he was was on his way to Damascus. I'm just going to kind of quickly tell the story. We know the story. And he had an encounter. And God had ordained what was seemingly causing havoc in the church. Oh, hallelujah. Things being turned topsy-turvy in the church. And what is pastor doing? What is the bishop doing? Turn things upside down. I'm 
telling you what, when, oh, hallelujah. In order for us to turn things upside down in this world, we got to turn things upside down in the church. I said before the church can turn the world upside down, God's got to turn the church upside down. Some of you, your lives are being turned upside down and you wonder what's going on. God said, you, you said you wanted something to happen in your life. You said you wanted to be a part of something. Oh, hallelujah. And see, when we pray those prayers and we, we expect the sun to shine and we expect money just to fall down out of the sky and, and we expect the angels to come show up in our bedroom and touch us and, and we expect the dust to fall down. And you know, I'm talking about the magic dust. And all of a sudden, we come out like a, a Gideon and say, oh, the mighty man of God. And we expect to be like Samson and we can just pull walls and and and, and, uh, and 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 gates and things of that nature and god says no i'm not going to do it the glamorous way i'm going to do it a little differently you pray for revival and i'm going to send havoc first in the church some of you, especially you leaders, you're like, oh, my God, some of you were terrified. You thought, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I want to come to that meeting or not. Hey, man, they busting things up. They turn things up. Oh, we got to meet with the pastor. Oh, what is going on in the church? I'm telling you what, the church is not going down. I'm telling you what, we're not in confusion around here at Antioch. The Bible says... As God began to take what was causing havoc in the church, he began to turn that thing around on the road of Damascus. And the Bible says that then this Saul, amen, something happened where he was fully converted and, and things changed. And all of a sudden, now he's receiving meat and he's getting his sight and, and all these things are going on. And then we understand what took place on the road to Damascus. And then it goes on to tell us in Acts chapter 9, for time's sake, that after many days, in verse 23, that after many days were fulfilled, the Jews sought to counsel to kill him now they want to kill Saul they want to kill what caused havoc not understanding what God was going to do through that one that was causing havoc through the instrument that was causing havoc. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you, and I know some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you sat in these meetings that we've had with the uh, CET, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what uh, pastor turned things up. He's blowing things up. He's, he's destroying things. Oh, I'm, I'm here to tell you, it may look like havoc right now. Things may seem like it's chaotic right now, but God is doing something in our midst. I want you to hang on for what God is about to do the Bible says in verse number 22 but Paul increased the more in strength while they sought to kill him oh while they sought to slay him, while they sought to stop what he was doing, now you see, you have to understand, now he's not causing havoc, now he's a part of the church. Uh, See, oh, hallelujah. 
before it seemed as though he was in opposition of the church and he was and he was tearing things up but we must understand that was all part of the plan of God because when Paul came and made havoc of the church they went to Samaria then it was the will of God for the church to go to Samaria because in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 Jesus said hey it must go to Samaria but they were stuck in Jerusalem and God sent Paul this thing is going to go out to Judea and he said, hey, it's not going to stop. And he said, oh, this looking good. And he said, I, I, I'm going on to, to Damascus and I'm going to stop this thing a little further. And, and then this thing spread to Samaria. And the next thing you know, now, so here it is. Oh, Paul caused revival. What caused havoc caused revival. Hmm. Now there's revival in Samaria. But that wasn't good enough. Oh, hallelujah. And so now God took what was causing havoc and he turned it around because he needed worldwide revival. Can I tell you, it seems like things are being busted up around here and being busted up in your life. I'm telling you, God is about to do something in your life in Baltimore City, Baltimore County. I'm prophesying. I'm proclaiming to you. You live in Hartford County. Stand up. Come on. You're not here, but I know you come all the way from Harford County. Stand up. You live in Harford County. Hey, get up. They, Mom kicked them out down living in Harford That's County. Right. Now, I'm just kidding. Now, don't kick them out. Now, y'all mean don't sit down on them now. Let me tell you something. That's revival in Abingdon. You live in Edgewood? That's revival in Edgewood. Were you Bel Air or Edgewood, Abingdon? Abingdon? Let me tell you something. 15 years ago, I lived in Abingdon. And for four or five years, we were sowing seed. Let me tell you, oh, hallelujah. Yeah, y'all got Lord. Oh, my goodness. I didn't want to take all along. So you think people don't want what we have? Stand up, sir. Yeah, your name is sir. Stand up. That's what I named you. Oh, no. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I'm going to remind you. You said that's what God named you. Yes, you're right. He did. That's the truth. We moved up in Hartford County. And y'all, y'all, okay, you stand right there. And they were the only young ladies that dressed like that. And they could, could have felt out of place. We come into a neighborhood. They were the only one dressed like that and had that same color uh, tone skin, right? But let me tell you, we came out there and um, and uh, we were always called blockbusters, right? And guess what? We came there and without fail, everybody wanted to come to our house. All the kids in the neighborhood wanted to come to play at our house. Uh, and they knew what we were. As a matter of fact, we had a children's thing, whatever, and all the kids wanted to come to it at the church, a children's thing at the church. We gathered up so many children, took them down to the church. They came back telling their parents, oh, they all speak African language. <laughs> Speaking in tongues. <laughs> they all must have been African. 
But those people didn't shy away. They drew nigh. We had little kids knocking on our doors. Let me tell you something. There's revival in Abington. There's revival in Hartford County. You keep on ministering. You keep on reaching. Thank you. That was just a little sidebar. Back. Paul made habit, but something turned. Something happened. You could sense it. Something was transpiring. And, and then now, now Saul is, is actually positioned himself and they couldn't see it. All the Israelites, they couldn't see it. And because God said there's going to be revival among the Gentiles. Now Saul is being, first of all, he was making havoc of the church. Now, if you can put that, that verse that we just left off back on the screen. Now the church is trying to kill him. And as they try to kill what God was using to bring revival, let me tell you, watch out what you come against. When God is using things to bust some things up. And they begin to seek to kill what God was using for revival. Now now watch this. But their laying away was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. And then it goes on, the verse number 28, I'm just going to get to for time's sake. You can read the rest of it if you want. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. Now he's with them coming in. He's with them going out. Things are happening. Then now, here we go. Verse number 31. Now watch this. Here we go. Any second now. And then had, now let's go up a couple of verses. So, yeah, so verse 28 says they were with him. Go ahead. And now he's with them. Coming in and going out at Jerusalem. In other words, they're not seeking to kill him anymore. Keep on. We're just going to read on through. And he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit against the Grecians. That, you know, that, but they went about, they, went, they tried to kill him. Now, the Grecians, keep going. And uh, when, and which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Keep going. Then had the churches rest. Throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were, were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. When Paul, which caused havoc, now they want to kill and stop. What the uh, what was causing havoc, but it was bringing revival also. Now he's got going in and out among the churches, and when they accepted what was causing havoc, when they accepted what they were fearful of at the first, they had rest throughout the church. I'm here to tell you, when you accept what God is doing. 
when you accept what God is doing in your life personally and in this church and say it must be a part of God's plan and, and you allow what God is doing, hey, to come in and to come out. And, and then when you accept what God is doing, you're going to have rest in the church. And guess what's going to happen? We're going to walk in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Going to be multiplied. I'm here to tell you tonight. Some of you are wondering what in the world, and some of you don't even know what's going on, but it, uh, what was it? Um, Thursday nights trying to teach, and you could feel it. Some of you that were, were a part of not this past Thursday, but the previous Thursday, that thing was locked up. And, and some of you are wondering, what in the world? And I began to talk about, you know, being locked. What in the world is going on? You could feel there wasn't even that many people that were in the meeting that was in uh, Thursday service. But that thing was locked up so tight. And, and then the next Thursday, you can kind of feel it. It wasn't as bad, but thing was, was it, you, you could feel it. It was like, what in the world was going on? And the adversary would try to say, hey, this, no, or, you know, or your flesh would try to say, see, what he's doing is something wrong with what he's doing. And let me tell you, there are some of you who's looking for me to fail. Just because you didn't agree with it. To prove that you're right. Thinking it's of man. Paul was the vehicle for revival. The church was in one location, and it appeared that God's instrument was for the sole purpose of destruction of the church. And I'm speaking to you leaders, and especially if you came yesterday, that leadership meeting, and I know we have some new people here don't understand, or no, I shouldn't say not understand, if you knew, you would understand. Maybe not. you don't know what's going on in the last several statements that Brother Grossbach made, uh, you know, kind of gave uh, lend to, 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 for you to say, you know, led, led for you to think or contemplate what in the world is going on. What did he mean by that statement? What's going on around here? i tell you what's going on around here. God is positioning us for revival. Now, let me say, now, if you, you may not care about it, but God cares about souls. And God is interested in using you because you said you wanted to be used. You said you want to be a part of God's plan no matter what it costs. You don't want to just sit on a pew. You want your neighbors saved. You want your friends saved. You want your family saved. You want to be used of God. And this whole thing is about people being used of God. We've been having meetings and among the leaders and meetings set up. We got meetings in place. And I'm telling you what, God is serious about what he's doing in this church. And, and if you were here this morning, I don't know if you picked up and saw 
Now, it's not going to take long. I, I don't know if you can see. It's not going to take long for every seat in these pews to be full. And for us to have Sunday school, children's church, immediately right away because that's not enough room. You say, well, why is that important? Because as I said this morning, as the message was communicated, God wants a full house so he can fill people. And he, every t- as, as many vessels that are empty that we bring in, God is going to fill. And, and if we run out of room, we just make more room. And you say, well, what do I have to do with that? You're part of God's kingdom. You're, you're, you're his child. He wants you to participate with him. But what God is doing right now. Now, some of these, some of these, some of these guys that keep a straight face, they know uh, you can feel it in those meetings like, oh, my goodness. Pastor's turning up. We probably sent this, sent her in culture shock. Huh? Yeah, huh? She's <laughs> she, she was like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? Let me tell you, it's all good. I hate when I see these guys on these machines. That they, first of all, it fascinates me. They're on these machines. And they jump. Tearing stuff up. Yeah, I know what it is. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love that sister. She's going to preach with me no matter what. Amen. <laughs> You're like, man, they tearing stuff up. They busting stuff up. What in the world? And I hate that noise. And, and I just, I, it just make me want to do this looking at them. You know what I mean? Well, how they do that? I know they go home. Could you fix me up? But when they are busting things up. They get into what they really need to get to. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be productive. I'm telling you, hang on. I know some of you, some of the messages that have been going forth, it's been challenging you. Uh-huh. Like this morning, challenging people. I don't know about you, but I, I like to challenge sometimes. I like, see, I, I like a challenge sometimes. That woman right there, she's a challenge. Trust me. It's a good thing, though. I like a challenge. See, see, see. <laughs> and she's going to have an answer. <laughs> Amen. Y'all know First Lady, right? <laughs> I don't mind a challenge. God is challenging us tonight, folks. And, uh, and there are some new people. That lady who said, you know what? God has been calling her. You know how many people we've had just walk by? I know some of you have talked to them and they're coming in. Now, for the first couple, few years we were here, that wasn't happening. We had a couple sprinkle in or whatever. But let me tell you something. When people drive by, we had one guy who drove by, said he had to come in. 
We are part of, this is a God thing. And I want to be a part of a God thing. Give me a high five, Tara. You're home. And you know you're home. Yeah. Don't tell me God can't do it. You see people, and you say, man, people are going through things. Let me tell you, God, that's how I got in the church. That was a jackhammer. I needed about three hard jackhammer. I was hard-headed. I, you know, I, I know it's easy going and all that kind of stuff, but I was, some of those easy going people are hard-headed. You know what I mean? You know, now I'm serious. A lot of times, that's when, you know, we, we know, we cool, we mellow, we can, you know, I'm, I'm causing trouble. We can have a hard head. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Are you ready to go where God has taken us, church? I said, are you ready to go where God has taken us? In order for that to happen, we have to accept what seems to be causing havoc. Because the minute we embrace what we fear, we're going to have rest. And God is going to work. Won't you stand, please? I have... Just to let you know, I have two pages. I have several statements. But I don't think I have to make any more statements. I've learned something a long time ago. You don't have to preach everything you have on paper. Just go with the flow and find out what God is doing. And... I don't care. I, I, I think I got some good stuff written down here that, you know, I may have been in the Holy Ghost when God got it, when God gave it to me. But maybe he gave it to me for me. Because I feel a stop right here. Some of you probably say like, amen. That's the will of God, brother. You hear from God now. <laughs> I know you hear from God now. <laughs> <laughs> you see and then he'll be the one who's still beating the drums when we try to get out of here yeah. we all try and pack up then looking at the other play come on y'all come on boom, hit some more come on Zach Hallelujah. Bishop Wright, years ago, seemed like he was dividing Antioch up, mm-hmm. breaking things up. Hallelujah. So I want you all to go out to these different places. People were going, what in the world is Antioch doing now? Mm-hmm. What is Bishop doing? Yes. 
No, this is not the will of God. A couple of months later, the building collapses. Yep. And the Sun, the Baltimore Sun, wrote an article about this church. Sure did. We have it. We to this day. I think where's Brother Frank? He's not. Gave us that. Reminded me. Gave gave us the article. Bought the Baltimore Sun, and, and it's talked about this church. How when our building collapsed throughout through that storm. We still stood because we were all scattered out in different congregations. And when people was like, what is this church doing? And uh, havoc is being made of the church. And we've been spread all about Maryland. And we had, I forget how many locations we had. And and the bishop said, God is telling me to do this. And our building collapsed. And if we didn't have these daughter works and churches throughout, guess what? I don't know what would have happened. Yep. Yep. And it caused this church to stay together. Yes, it did. In the worst storm. Yep, and to grow. Amen. And it caused us to grow. And can I tell you? Yeah, Jesus. What seems like it's cause that this causing havoc and mm. breaking up things, I feel it. Jesus. And it's happening. You may not realize we've been growing steadily. Throughout the spring and the summer. And I'm here to tell you, it's not going to stop in the fall. Mm. Each and every one of us do our part, does our part to get on board and be a part of what God is doing. There have been prophecies that have gone forth. Not about me, but about this church. And I'm talking about prophets of God that have spoken of the impact we're going to have in this city. Now, I'm going to say this. You, you may think when you say impact, you may be thinking of thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands. I could care less about having hundreds of thousands of people. On, I, we can have an impact spiritually and everything else without all. I, whatever God wants to give is what I'm going to. You follow me? It's not just about this. I believe, and I'm starting to connect. God is going to connect us with other churches. And he's already doing that right now. Other people that are part of other churches and and everything else. And guess what? God is going to do this thing his way. It's bigger than this. It's bigger than 212 East 25th Street. It's in Catonsville. Yeah. It's in Rosedale. Amen. It's in Middle River. It's in White Marsh. Wherever neighborhood you live in, that's where it is. And wherever God sends us. Folks, we're in the will of God. But we must embrace what God is doing right now. And I want you to just lift your hands to him. Hallelujah. The word for the day, for this evening is, church, we're on the move. Antioch North, we're on the move. Antioch, the apostolic church, is on the move. It's not just rhetoric. 
to surrender. And what seems to be causing havoc, cannot we must embrace it. What seems to be turning things upside down and topsy-turvy, we must embrace it and not fear it, not reject it and push it aside. Because what God is doing is His will and His plan. Come on, we're just going to worship Him right here, right now. Won't you just begin to speak to Him right now? Father, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to get on board. I want to move as you're moving. In the name of Jesus Christ, help me not to resist what you're doing. What you're doing in my life, what you're doing in this church. Help me not to question it. In the name of Jesus, God, we ask for revival and you're sending it. It's what we ask for. Give us all, God. Give us all, God. Give us what we're asking for. Inside of me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It feels like chaos. Have your way in this church. But somehow. God, I pray for every individual here. Every backslider. Everyone that has lost their way. Everyone that's trying to find their way. Everyone that's trying to find their place in you. Everyone that's going through situations and troubles and trials and circumstances. I pray that that ground would be solid. Their footing would be secure. Their mind would be made up. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm giving in to something heavenly. Pray for that young lady right there with her hands up. Come on, I'll ask the ministers to come around and pray with you. Come on, won't you respond right now? You need to be full of the Holy Ghost. You need to be refilled. Come on, right now, won't you receive what God has for you right now? Come on, let ministry take place here. Just for a few moments. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, be sensitive to God right now. Don't pray for what you're comfortable with. Just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. The Bible says to pray one for another. Let's do that right now before we dismiss. Come on, I want you to ask that person. Tell that person, we've been asking for revival. Are you willing to go there with me? Whatever God is doing, come on in Jesus' name. Inside of me, it feels like chaos. Have your way, Father. But Lord, Continue to work, Lord. Receive your peace. Come on, we're on the move. We surrender. It may seem like God is making havoc. To what we can. But there's revival around the corner. There's a revival taking place. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, in Jesus' name. Come on, church, let's pray. Of me, it 
that's it. I'm giving in to something heavenly in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Move, Holy Ghost. Move, Holy Ghost. Move, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. I submit Hallelujah. Whatever you're doing, Jesus. Whatever you're doing inside of me, Lord. Oh God. I'm going to surrender. Hallelujah. It feels like chaos. There's peace. Shayando my Lord, my Lord, Hallelujah. Our fear and intimidation. Shut. 